This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling, the home of smart and stunning wrestling takes, with your host, David the Smart Mark, and stunning Sean Burkhead. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very stunning episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. As David is gallivanting on some island off the coast of Africa, he has left me here to run amok. And like they say, there's no time for the wicked or the stunning as we go over to the control center and bring you up to date and the past weeks of wrestling news. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Our leading story this week is the continuing saga of Nash Carter as the WWE has released one half of MSK following a very tumultuous week for Nash Carter. The latest chapter being allegedly Kimberly released a photo of Nash Carter with a Hitler style mustache and doing a Nazi salute. Now Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful was the first one who was able to confirm Nash's release from WWE following the release of the picture. Now, Nash Carter still hasn't made any public statements about these alleged allegations, nor his release from WWE. But with his release, the WWE also has stripped MSK of the NXT Tag Team titles, and apparently they're having a championship match coming up on this week's episode of NXT 2.0 to crown new Tag Team Champions. Now, this is me going to editorial mode here and thinking, the WWE was caught between a rock and a hard place here because after the leaked picture of Nash Carter dressed up like Hitler, it must have been the straw that broke the camel's back, so they went ahead and released the guy. We will keep you up to date as this story continues to develop in the coming weeks. Our second news story sadly involves Tammy Stitch, as yet again she is in trouble with the law following a alleged DUI which resulted into the death of a 75-year-old lady in Florida back on March 25th. According to the news report, Stitch was driving at a high rate of speed on USA Highway 1 in Florida when she ran to the back of a car at a stoplight and a resulting accident cost the life of the lady and a parked car. We here at Ray Free Professional Wrestling would wish to send our condolences and prayers to the family of the victim involved in this crash accident and there's no easy way to Stay away from this story, so we're going to go to our next news story of the week. As apparently AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling are working together as both AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage will be on New Japan World at no extra cost to the subscriber of New Japan Pro Wrestling streaming service. And on a side note here, this come up Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, we are getting Samoa Joe against Minoru Suzuki. I'm going to admit, I'm kind of jealous of you guys being able to see this one live because I will be at work. But rest assured, since I come home from work, I'm going to watch this match because this is going to be one match for the ages. Our next news story happened while I was at work. As Tony Khan went onto Twitter and stated that he had an independent study done. And that study has concluded that all the AE, or a majority of all the AEW anti-feelings on the internet are coming from a certain group of people using bots to cheat the system and to display their tweets more than other people if you use the algorithm for Twitter. But like a true promoter inside the same tweet, he was talking about, hey, I have this really cool match coming up on 
AEW Rampage where he was tweeting about Moxley versus Yuta. So part of me when I first saw this one, well, you know, he's just trying to be a promoter and he's hyping up his match here and he's trying to poke some fun at the anti-AEW sentiment online. But it's still kind of crazy to think that he actually paid for this um, study to be done. Now this tweet has led to a bunch of parody tweets and the best one is probably from Becky Lynch where she said all the anti-Becky hate and the live audiences at Raw are actually AI people and they're not real people. I thought it was kind of amusing. Our next news story, all the returns we had on SmackDown after WrestleMania as we saw the debut of the former Raquel Gonzalez as they changed her last name to Rodriguez. We saw her being interviewed by the backstage reporter and the Latin lovers come up to her and started flirting and she put them in her place. Next, we got to see Gunther. And now, since they split Imperium past Tuesday on NST, Gunther isn't the only one for the new name as Martel has become Ludwig Kaiser. And I'm like going, guys, have you not looked in the history books? Kaiser was actually the emperor of Germany during World War One, And also got to think about, oh, hey, you guys know about Kaiser Rose, right? Kaiser Rose? And the funny thing is, if they wanted Walter to have a mouthpiece to speak for him, he's dating Jenny. Why don't they just bring Jenny over and let Jenny do all the talking for Imperium? And you can have a four-person faction. But apparently the WWE is not high on factions because they literally did this with Hilt Row back in the fall where they only brought up three members then they got rid of one to make a tag team and just like Imperium now we lost a member of Imperium who's staying back in NST and Ludwig and Gunther are on the Smackdown roster I do believe and there's no mission of them being Imperium whatsoever at least they got Gunther back in his traditional Walter garb even though they traded red for black but still I think Gunther looks better dressed the way he is as Walter. But only if they didn't change this music, but that's a story for another day. Another person making a return to SmackDown was Lacey Evans. And finally, the WWE has embraced the story of Lacey Evans being a single mother, someone who has dealt with a history of abuse and overcame that history of abuse, being a Marine serving the United States, and having her be the baby face that we all wanted her to be when we first learned about this lady a few years ago. On this past week's episode of SmackDown, we found all this out in a backstage promo that Lacey Evans cut, and literally it is the best promo of her career. You guys need to go check it out. Another person making their return to SmackDown, according to Fightful yet again, was one Joe Henning, the son of Mr. Perfect, as apparently he is working as a producer backstage at SmackDown. I, for one, felt like they never gave Joe Henning the proper time to do anything when he was wrestling for the WWE. And like his father, maybe not the best promo, but in ring he was one of the best workers you could possibly see. I'm just happy that he's back in some role with the company. Hopefully he'll get back in the ring one day because I still think the guy can do some stuff. Especially since they brought Cody Rhodes back. I mean, he could create a fashion to second generation wrestlers again. This has been your Radio Free Professional Wrestling Control Center. And we're heading over to the Stunning Six Questions. It's time for the Stunning Six Questions. All of the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, Sean and David can make sense of it. Okay, so my first stunning question this week. Should the WWE consider retiring the WWE Women's Tag Team title? Now, I had this question made up right before 
the Fatal 4-Way for the title back on WrestleMania Night 2. And I do believe me and Matt a couple of weeks ago talked about it as we were previewing WrestleMania Night 2. And we said that these titles hadn't meant as much since Sasha and Billy had them right when they were first created. And granted, I think Asuka and Karasin had a good run with these titles, even though they were kind of a joke hill tag team. But besides those two examples, until this past WrestleMania, these titles have not meant much. And hopefully with the company putting the titles onto Sasha Banks and Naomi, this is a sign that they're going to put some heat behind these titles. And hopefully this means more TV time for more ladies in the company. As these titles were actually designed to give the women another set of titles to feud over. Okay, I can see my bias about titles as well because I'm of that generation who grew up with like Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Muscle Man Randy Savage where title changes rarely ever happen. And when they happened, they were a big deal. And I know that WWE argues that the titles are not important. It's actually the brand that is important. And that is clear to see as they unified the WWE world title with the universal title to make the undisputed universal title. Keyword universe as in the buzzword they created to define the brand that is WWE. My second stunning question of the week. Has AEW added too many former WWE personnel into the mix at the cost of losing what made them kind of unique? As one of the calling cards for AEW when they first started out was... They had a lot of people on the roster that that we haven't seen before. Outside of the Young Bucks, Cody, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. That was basically the most known people of AEW in the first year and a half. And we got to see the development of people like Anna Jay, Ty Conti, Sammy DeGuevara. But now a transition has happened. And granted, we knew this transition was going to happen. As we've seen Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Keith Lee, Strickland come in. Now the question is, have they got to a point where they're like Impact back in the day who would take almost anybody who had any shred of WWE tied to them? Now I wouldn't argue that AEW has gone to that point yet, but I wish they would pump the brakes and allows their so-called homegrown talent to take more of the reign and... Use the talent they got from WWE in key spots. Like, I would sign Punk. Okay, yes, yes. In a heartbeat, I would sign Punk. And Daniel Bryan, yes. Remember when they signed Christian Cage? And he said, oh, hey, Christian Cage is a big signing. And really, he had a few matches so far in, like, the six or nine months he's been there. But mainly, he's the manager of Jurassic Express. Now, granted, Jurassic Express has benefited having Christian around them. And we have seen the evolution of Jungle Boy as he's basically going to become the next big babyface for the company. And probably will be the next big babyface to have the title after we see Heyman Adam Page. Who, oh by the way, up to recently you would never know was AEW champion because he was hardly ever on the show. But this past week on Dynamite, they actually heated the guy back up. He had a great promo against Heyman Adam Page as we head towards to a Friday night Rampage match coming up this coming Friday that will be live in Texas as they have a Texas death match because a lot of fans were making fun of them having a Texas death match not in Texas. But outside of this little run with Adam Cole 
Heyman has been hanging around with a title and not much to do because he had two great matches with Daniel Bryan and of course he beat Kitty Omega for the world title but outside of that not much at all and I want to see these more homegrown AEW people have a chance to become bigger stars and the only way to do that is have TV time and exposure and you can't have that if you keep adding people from WWE over and over and over again. Okay, so my third sending question of the week, and probably my second biggest rant of the week, is the fact that the WWE has already burned through a premier NST title match as they had Braun Breaker face Gunther this past Tuesday on NST 2.0. We saw Braun Breaker start the show, cut a promo, be interrupted by the ring general. He comes out and challenges Breaker for a match. And of course, being the strong baby face, Breaker agrees. And 90 minutes later, they had this match. And basically, Braun Breaker beat Gunther. Clean as a whistle. One, two, three. And wow. There's weeks and weeks of build you can have for this title match. And they just toss it to the side. Now, in hindsight, we've seen that they moved Gunther apparently onto the main roster. So they just went ahead and had that match apparently. But... Me, personally, that could have been a headlining match for your next big... I know they don't do NST takeovers anymore, but your next big special. You could have this match. It would have been awesome. And a rant. Keeping with the theme of the show so far, the fourth stunning question. Has NST 2.0 hot potatoed their titles too much in the recent past here? Because remember back when we were talking about Stand and Deliver and saying this was an amazing show. It had a few title changes. Raquel Gonzalez at the time and Dakota Kai became your NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, and Braun Breaker lost a hard-fought match with Dolph Ziggler as Ziggler retained the title, and we were talking about Ziggler being the skatekeeper. Lo and behold, he kept the title for another 48 hours as he lost it on Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, and Braun Breaker is back as your NXT 2.0 champion, and oh, by the way, on the same freaking episode, Toss of Attraction became another two-time women NXT Tag Team Champions as they defeated Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez as we see Raquel on the main roster now. One of the things I love about the black and gold brand at NXT was the fact that they kind of kept the titles meaning something special because you hardly ever seen title changes in the early days of NXT that often and when they happened it was a combination of a major feud. There was some emotion behind the title change. But this is a new era. And they have become basically like the main roster. And become canon. So here becomes the hot battalion of the titles. And the titles don't mean anything. So I guess this is something that I have to get used to. In this new era of NXT 2.0. My fifth stunning question of the week. Who is the proper person to defeat Jay Cardell for the TBS title? As we're heading towards the 30th match in Jay Cartel's history as she defends the title against Marina Shafir. Coming up, I do believe, on this week's episode of Dynamite. Now, this is probably her biggest challenge to date. And unfortunately, I don't see Marina Shafir being the person to defeat Jay Cartel. But maybe, just maybe, we have already seen the person that's destined to do it. As I'm going to go ahead and lay it out on the line here. Tony Storm should be the person to defeat Jay Cardio for the TBS title. I do believe it would be a decent match. And putting the title onto Tony would be a cool thing for some fans. And I feel like 
it'll be a good thing for AEW. But that could be down the road. That could be months down the road because I feel like they're going to build Jade up for a little bit longer. I can see her easily getting to 40 and 0. Now, getting to 50 and 0, they might be trying to push it because you got to keep feeding Jade people. And after a while, it's going to get to that point where is it too predictable that she's going to win these matches? Because it's already getting to that point with 30 straight victories here. Only time will tell. And we'll keep Jade watch here as we continue to see her march through the AEW women's roster. And my sixth and final stunning question of the week. Has the Raw after WrestleMania lost its luster? Now, this is the first Raw after Mania in about two years that had fans in the building. And I was so hyped for this to be a traditional money after WrestleMania kind of Raw. And granted, we did Cody in his epic promo. And after that, it just fell off a cliff and never got back up again. Flash forward to Friday Night Smackdown, we got all the debuts. We had Walter make his debut on Smackdown. We had Raquel Gonzalez on Smackdown. The returning Lacey Evans on Smackdown. And clearly, WWE is valuing their Fox partnership more than USA Network partnership. Now, I do believe eventually Raw might be able to slide over to Fox in the near future when they come up for renewal of these TV deals. But this edition of Raw after WrestleMania will not live in a pepion of great Monday Night Raws in the history of the fine TV show that it is. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that has been your sending six questions for this week. And I'm going to close this episode of Radio Free Professor Wrestling with a classic segment from our past as I return us to the good, the bad, and the ugly in this week of professional wrestling. And now it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly in the week that was professional wrestling. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the good this week was the fact that AEW is getting behind Hangman Adam Page, and he was a house of fire this week when he cut his promo challenging Adam Cole to the Texas Death Match. This is the Hangman that I wanted to see when he became AEW World Champion. It felt like he took a little detour. I don't know if AEW just wanted to keep him on the back burner until they had Adam Cole ready for this world title match. But the promo he cut back on Wednesday night was a true classic babyface promo where he wasn't just the classic white meat babyface. This was basically Heyman saying, I'm going to make you respect me by beating the freaking heck out of you. And I'm just going to be the champion after this match. And this one promo that he cut has got me so hyped for this coming up Friday's episode of Rampage. And I'm hoping that Heyman Adam Page defeats Adam Cole because I feel like Adam Cole doesn't need a title at the moment. And clearly the person that should take the title away from Heyman Adam Page is one MJF. But we can talk about that at a later date. Now since I've sung the praises of AEW, my bad is going to talk about the bad from AEW because we had a table match between... The Hardy Boys and the Butcher and the Blade. And the rules stated to us was you had to do a offensive move to score the victory. Now, I saw the Butcher and the Blade put Jeff Hardy through the table. And I'm thinking, they won the match. The Hill won the match. Even though the table didn't break, he went through the table. The announcer said, Jeff Hardy went through the table. And lo and behold, that wasn't the end of the match. They started talking about, oh, Jeff Hardy's eliminated. So basically now it became a tornado table match where you had to put both of your opponents through the table. So eventually Matt Hardy did put one of the members of Butcher and Blade through the table and he got eliminated. And I was okay with the Hills still cheating and trying to get Matt Hardy onto the table. But wait a minute, 
the Hardys are baby faces. Why is Jeff Hardy still out here? I mean, granted, you can say the baby face is fighting fire with fire and he's helping out his brother. That's cool. But shouldn't Matt Hardy be the one to jump off of the ladder to score the victory for his team? Because literally, it was Jeff Hardy that dove off the top of the ladder through the other men of the Busher and the Blade to score the victory. And I'm like standing there looking like, wait a minute, he was eliminated. You guys said he was eliminated. This was the most convoluted table match in the history of table matches. This was just a low point in a rather really good episode of AEW Dynamite. And usually they're on point with their stipulations and stuff. But this brought back memories of that exploding barbed wire death match that they had last year. Where it just kind of fizzled. This match kind of fizzled because I think they kind of forget how this match was to end. Okay, so my ugly this week comes from NST 2.0. And it's Tony D'Angelo. Personally, I like the character. He's kind of cool. I think it's an interesting take on the Italian mobster. But you know when someone j jumps a shark tank, this ceremony they had to crown him the Dawn of NC 2.0 might be the thing that singles were jumping the shark tank. Because that after they had to crown Tony D'Angelo, the Dawn had zero chemistry, zero charisma. I wasn't sure he had a pulse at one point, but it was a very awful segment. Luckily, later on in the show, we see Tony D'Angelo outside leaving the performance center. And Santos Escobar is there. He congratulates him on being the Donna ST 2.0. But, oh, by the way, make sure your business stays away from my business and you won't have any trouble from Escobar. If this leads to a Escobar and Tony D'Angelo match, I'm all for it. But the segment that crowned him the Donna ST 2.0 was completely awful. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that will bring this episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling to an end. I appreciate you guys listening to this stunning solo edition of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Next week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling, I'm looking forward to having Anessa on the show. Unfortunately, this week we ran into some conflicts that just came up suddenly, but I will do everything in my power to have her on the show next week or have her on the show in the near future. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, have a stunning start to your week. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.